Hi everyone, welcome back to The Little Green Pasture. I'm so glad to be here today. I feel spring-loaded in the Lord. I woke up like that, and it's not even just because I had a good night's sleep, but I felt His life in me with power. And whenever that happens, I get really excited because I know that something about Him is going to happen. And so, you know, when you're excited in the Lord, don't you just want to let it pour out to other people? I mean, really, isn't that what the life of Jesus Christ, his life within us is all about? Not to hold it into ourselves, but really it's it's his life alone. And it has, it, it's a spring. Jesus says, said to the woman at the well, that if she would ask him of the water that he would give, which would be a well of water that would spring up in her unto everlasting life. And many of you know what I'm talking about. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, there are times where it's just a fountain. This fountain is opened up in us. And sometimes that fountain just wants to flow out like rivers to whomever. And there's a powerful joy. And that is the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of our God within us. And it's wonderful. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about our will. I'm going to talk about God's will, our will, and Satan's will. However, before I get started, I am going to honor the Lord, and I'm going to pray to him. And I ask that you would join me in honoring Jesus Christ, the one whom our souls love. Father in heaven, it is with supreme joy and privilege and humble honor that I come before you today. Lord, I thank you. I'm just nothing but a little blade of grass that reflects your glory. I thank you, Lord God, for the low places of the earth, which are the high places of God. Jesus, I want to honor you in this message today. And I do so by commending all into your hands, even my own spirit. Make yourself known, Lord. Make yourself real to those that are listening. And I pray, Lord God, that your will, Father, your will, Father, be done in this message. And your will be done in the lives of all that are called by your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So today, in a just kind of like... You know how your mind just starts thinking about the Lord and you start to find yourself on a track. I, I found myself on a track of thinking about how there's things in my life or about myself, my character. And I'm just being honest. And I think this is, let me just pause for it because I want to say this. There is nothing better, at least in my book, that if I'm going to be in fellowship with anybody, even on a screen, that I want to be able to connect to that person. It's like, it's so important for me that people be real. I don't say you have to be so transparent that you're giving up personal things about yourself. No one needs to know that have been forgiven by God and is buried in the depth of the sea. I'm talking about there comes a time when it's good to say, let me tell you about myself, what I struggle with, or things that I do about my character that still needs help. You know, we're all on this journey, all of us, and it's a growth journey. It's a spiritual maturity journey, and everybody's running their own race. 
And I pray that really that uh, that the Lord's will be done in this message for your will. Because I was thinking about things in me that at my age, um, I think, like I catch myself maybe saying something or thinking something or maybe even doing something, different little things, you know, where I say to myself, Joni, okay, you've been this long in the Lord. You, you, you have to get to a point that you just are dead to it, that you don't re respond to it or you don't knee-jerk reaction into it. And that's something that happens in age and really not, yeah, in each stage that you go, but I'll say in age and of course, different degrees of your race and your growth in Christ, that you catch yourself doing something and you say, oh, I hate that about myself. I feel really guilty about it or bad about it. And I know this is something God doesn't like. He doesn't like this. But then you keep finding yourself doing it. Like I find myself in certain things that I I say, okay, that's it. I'm 60 years old now. I want to be done with it. I don't want to be constantly going, Lord, I know I, I keep finding myself. There's something that happens where you hit a rock bottom of that. And it happens along life's way. And our will is what I want to put right here on the table. Your will, my will, our will. And I want to talk about God's will. And I want to talk about Satan's will. Because you see, our will is the most powerful thing. Your will is the most powerful thing within you. And so is God's will. That's the first thing Jesus tells us to pray. God's will be done. He was in the garden. He said not... And he's the son of God. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And David talks all the time about God's will. It is really the supreme thing. But I want to start with a scripture that's really important because for many years that I've read that word, it's always 2 Timothy 2, 26. But I'll read 24 through 26. They're short verses. And whenever I would see that, I would say, there's there's something we have to do. There's something that we cannot be comfortable in always saying, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. And then it goes year after year, decade after decade. And we're still doing it. And then we live in it so long and we're in this perpetual cycle of forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I'm going to read the verse. It says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Well, it looks like we're reading that we are taken captive by Satan at his will. And I always thought that that's what it meant. But the rendering of the whole verse should be as follows, where it says, and they that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, being held captive by him to do 
It's actually God's will. That's the way it should have been written. But it's written in a way we're thinking, oh, we're taken captive by Satan at his will. But here it's what Paul is meaning is should be translated at his will should be translated to his will. And so the will of God should be meant. So does Satan have a will? Yes, Satan absolutely has a will. And Satan's will is that he wants to kill you. Satan's will is to take your will captive so that you are not able to do the full will of God. And so there's different compartments within your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and some want to add your intellect, which I would say that's your mind, but I'll say intellect because our mind is comprised of a lot of different things. But uh, but our will is the most important thing that Satan wants to control. In fact, David even says in Psalms, he said, deliver me, O God, from the will of man. And in another place, he said, deliver me, O God, from the will of the enemy. And Satan does have a will. Christ's will is life. Satan's will is death and destruction and slavery and darkness and always controlling people. You know, lately I've been seeing, seeing so many people posting videos of live deliverance videos of people being delivered from evil spirits. I mean, they're crying out, throwing people on the ground. And so that's a lot, a lot of that has been happening because something happened in their life that Satan took hold of their will. And so you could be serving Jesus Christ in all these ways from a whole heart, from a pure heart, but there's something that the enemy has a hold over. Okay. Now he cannot possess you, but he can control certain parts of you in your soul i've i've been i used to do a lot of deliverances but this was way in the past i'm not saying i don't do it or wouldn't do it in the future but it is as the lord directs or leads me to do it just lately i haven't but i've been in it long enough to see and know and to understand in the field training as i was doing deliverances i didn't call myself into that i didn't ask jesus to make lord bring me into the deliverance ministry he put me right in it and all of a sudden i was doing it and i had to learn how, how to do deliverances being led by the holy spirit and everything happens really quick it happens really fast and you have to have good knowledge of the word i'm not putting myself on a pedestal i'm not say, saying i have it all down because i fully do not but it was in that time that there was workability with his word so uh that's how it happened for me and so i learned that there were a lot of people that were coming to me um i had already previously read many times which stuck out at me was that man jesus had come down from the mount of transfiguration and when he came down he saw a crowd of people around his disciples questioning them and and jesus came upon them and said you know like what's going on here and this father who had a child with a deaf and dumb spirit said i brought my son unto your disciples that they would cast out these this deaf and dumb spirit from my son but they they weren't able 
And he said, bring your son to me. And Jesus asked him a question. And that one question became my foundation that I always began with because I believe in deliverance. It's not just the casting out of evil spirits. It is the education of the person and the instruction of the Holy Spirit and when to do it. And of course, all these cases vary, so I'm not going to uh, beleaguer that point. But the first thing was he asked his the father, how long ago has he been like this? And the father immediately replied of a child, for it taketh him and it casteth him into the fire. And often it take, cast him into the water that it, it may kill him. And so we know that Jesus cast out that spirit, that deaf and dumb spirit. We know the story. So the point I'm making is, see, we don't know what happened in that little boy's life as a child, what he did. And a child doesn't always mean five years old, six years old. And many times evil spirits do come in many times, most of the time, according to uh excellent research done by certain people that I trust. They said that most people that have demonic issues in their life, that that happened in their childhood, that some traumatic event happened all by the time they were five years old. So again, I'm not going to stay on that topic. I want to talk about the will, our will, because in deliverance, um, that's the one thing and if you're in the deliverance ministry, you're on top of this with me. But just so you know, because I want to talk about your will and how to really get free and to not always go the rest of your life going, I can't help it. I can't help it. There's different kinds of ways the enemy controls and many times heavily oppresses. So there's all these different like grades of the things that the enemy does. But I want to talk about you having a victorious, powerful walk of freedom in Christ because this 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 will of ours is something that is so powerful satan wants to control the will of men you know it talks about in revelation that satan traffics revelation 18 that he trades in the souls of men now the soul of a man is eternal and he wants those souls if he can't take a soul to hell because it's a believer then he's going to do everything he can to control the will of that man or woman so that they can never do the will of God and never enjoy the freedom and the peace and the victory that's theirs in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I experienced this my own self. You know, I've talked about the here and now, how I have, there's little things about myself where I'm like, I'm done. Like, seriously, I reached a point, bam, I hit rock bottom. And I said, I said to myself, what are you going to do, Joni? Are you going to continue doing that and say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't mean it. But I said to myself, you know what? There comes a time where I have to recover myself. And how does that, what does that mean? Because you see, many of you will say, well, Joni, I have tried to recover myself from fill in the blank. And no matter what I've done, I cannot be free. Well, I believe the Lord when he says, whom the son makes free is free indeed. So what does that mean? Does Jesus deliver partially or does de Jesus deliver completely? Who's gonna, who, who shall believe the report of the Lord? Well, we know that when the Lord says, 
that he makes people free. I have experienced freedom because there was many things in my life where my will was taken so captive by the enemy that maybe in uh, the category of uh, intellect or um, uh, uh, certain things, right, that I was totally free in, like study and learning and all these things, but he had a hold on my emotions and I would become very emotional about everything. And then that, that, that captivity of my will would bring me into like a fearful kind of emotion. And so the enemy had me fearful about so many things. Number one, because he wrote on the fact that I had a terrible upbringing that was filled with terror and violence and and darkness and the enemy and everything else that uh, it took a while for me to be free. But I kept seeing that scripture where Jesus said, how long ago? Now, for me, it was my whole life as a child. But I, some of you, it might be, there was a time, I mean, there's always some kind of an entry point, right? But on the subject of deliverance, this can be very vast, but I want to stay on course about your will because I believe with all my heart, many of you are fully agreeing with me right now saying, yeah, there are things about myself. I just can't get free. And it could be like, for instance, my last video, I talked about the, uh, about orchards of Jesus's saints and that I saw the nine fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, and temperance, which is self-control. And that in my mind, I saw it just a, like, I was like, just in my own mind, I pictured like it just came to me, like all of a sudden I pictured this big orchard and I saw all these trees. And after a while, I think it was the Holy Spirit that was giving me an illustration about all these different trees, these nine trees. And each tree represented meekness, kindness, love, all these different fruits. But I saw wilted trees. I saw dry trees. I saw dead trees. I saw fruitful trees. And the Lord began to show me since then and to this very present moment that not only are there dead trees within within us, you know, we are the trees of the Lord, a planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. But I think to my own self, how can Christ be glorified if I don't come to the one who is the life giver and say, Lord, I tell you, I'm done with this part of my will. I am impatient, Lord. And I don't want to keep in my age in 10 years if the Lord should tarry. I want freedom from this. And you know what? I believe with all my heart the word of the Lord. I believe the Lord for his word. That if, that if and I not just if, yeah, if is action. To go to Jesus and say to him, Lord, kill it off. See, if you have something in your life where you're like, Joan, I'm totally good all across the board. I don't have problems in all the areas I used to. I've been delivered by all those things. But there's these little things. But those little things need to go. And how you do it is go to the Lord and ask him to kill it off. Because they are, they're, they're, they're roots of the enemy that he keeps alive just enough to block the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
I believe with all of my heart, whatever you offer up to Jesus Christ, your will, you tell him, I want my will to be completely your will, to be free. I love how it says here in 2 Corinthians 8, 3, it's one of my favorite chapters because Paul talks about the power of the Macedonians. Nowhere else in his epistles does he talk about the power of the Ephesians, the power of the Colossians, uh, the power of different people, right? He said, but the power of the Macedonians. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you. I picked out three verses. I'm going to talk to you about the power of the Macedonians. It says here in 2 Corinthians 8, 3, he says, for to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. And in verse 5, it says, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. And in verse 11 through 12, it says, now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man has and not according to that he has not. And so we know that our will is so powerful, but I believe there's parts of our will that are asleep. And do you know, back to the scripture of 2 Timothy 2, 24, 26, where it says, if God peradventure will give them repentance to acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Um, do you know what he was talking about? I had to look it up because I wanted to see what it really, really means. And he's talking about servants of the Lord, right? But he says he's, in other words, he's talking about parts of their will. There's something about God's will, but there's something of their will that's asleep. He talked about intoxication. He was talking about drunkenness, that there were believers who were drinking. I read three different scholars who all agreed to these same things. And that he meant inebriation, that they were living their lives. There was a part of their lives that as servants of the Lord, that they were, their will was weak in a certain way. It was asleep. Yeah, there was part of them that were doing this, but there was a weakness to their will. And it was not allowing God to fully do his will in their life. And so what Paul is meaning here, that God wants them to wake up and to get a hold of their will and to get rid of whatever is causing some kind of spiritual and i and i'm saying it this way now because i'm not saying you're drinking and you're uh, any of that but if there's something that's causing an intoxication to come over you maybe too much time looking at the things of this world because i'll tell you something the spirit of the world will overtake your will just like that it, the enemy comes in with the spirit of the will of his will because he has a will to put you to sleep and to a deep slumber. So now you're just some kind of an automaton. You're going to church, Bible study, reading your Bible, but you're slumbering within. And there needs to be a sharpness in your will where you take a hold of your own will and you say, look, I am tired of this. I am tired. I keep finding myself doing this one stupid thing 
and I'm sick of it. And I want the Lord to kill it off. See, you're on, you're on the path of the cross. That's a death path that leads to the life of Jesus Christ to come out of you because you want that whatever is holding on to your will, you want to get rid of it. And I mean, right now, right now, you know, I love something Hannah Whittall Smith said. She said, if the will of God is our will, and if he always has his way, then we always have our way also. And we, re we reign in a perpetual kingdom. He who sides with God cannot fail to win in every encounter. And whether the result shall be joy or sorrow, failure or success, death or life, we may, under all circumstances, join the apostles' shout of victory by saying, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. He says in another place, what you need to do is to put your will over completely into the hands of the Lord, surrendering to him the entire control of it. Say, yes, Lord, yes to everything and trust him to work in you to will as to bring your whole wishes and affections into conformity with his own sweet and lovable and most lovely will. It is wonderful what miracles God works in wills that are utterly surrendered to him. He turns hard things into easy and bitter things into sweet. And it is not that he puts easy things in the place of the hard, but he actually changes the hard thing into an easy one. You see, Satan understands that when you, when you take control, when that information and light comes in and you go, wait a minute. He's controlling a part of my will. I'm being held back from a life that I want to live in Jesus Christ, to work in his kingdom, and to let the full magnitude power of Jesus Christ come flowing through this earthen vessel that he purchased with his own blood to the glory of his shining name. See, earlier in this message, I talked to you about when I was doing deliverances, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a, okay. Um, the first time I did a deliverance, um, it was pretty amazing, but afterwards the Lord began to teach me. It's not just about casting evil spirits out, like come out right now in the name of Jesus. Um, I had asked him once, I was like, Lord, why is it that so many people who go through deliverances, why is it that they don't come out right away? Well, maybe here and there, some do. And, you know, I didn't even really expect him to answer me right then. I just, I just poised the question and immediately he spoke and he said, I heard him within my inner ear in my heart. I heard him say, because if I did that, they would be re- the enemy would re-enter again and it would be worse for them. It's not, it's like Jesus saying, um, uh, greater things will you do than me because I go to the father. And so many of us think, well, what greater thing there can there be than to raise someone from the dead? And I love something D.L. Moody said, where he said, every time he read that, he stumbled on that because he thought the same thing. Like what greater thing than can we do than Jesus who raised people from the dead? But God gave him an understanding and gave him light and a revelation on that and said to him something to this effect. So I don't have that in front of me. 
he said, it is no big thing for me to raise someone from the dead. It is not a big thing to write. No, how do you put it? It's no big thing to raise a person from the dead and then for them to know not God. He said, see, people are dead already when they are unsaved. So really, they're being resurrected by the knowledge of God. They pass from death into life through the new birth. But people come in with baggage. People come into God's kingdom and they still have things attached to them. They, they're damaged quite a bit from so many things that have happened to them in their life on so many various degrees. And so there's times that there has to be a focus on that person having their will free. So the first thing I do is this. Oh, so the Lord, so the Lord showed me. He said to me the same thing in the same sense. It's not a big thing to cast out a devil which will happen, can happen, and will happen. But the greatest thing is my full light comes into them and they understand and see who that wicked one is and the will, their will and their soul and to understand the whole tripart man and where the enemy comes into the soul and binds and afflicts and torments and controls. You know, I've seen people who were so bound in their intellect. I've seen so people completely bound, like so, so they're so bound, they just shut the Holy Spirit out and the enemy just drives them into this driven intellectual ascent of knowledge into God. And they become esoteric and they're dark and they go into darkness and they're depressed and they cannot rest. They have no rest at all or peace. Then I've seen people bound in their emotions like I used to be. And everything is an emotional uh, binding and their fear, they're fearful. And I can go down, down in the list. But what the Lord showed me is it is more important for people to understand, to take a hold of their will. So when I would, I learned in my deliverances that I would do being led by the Lord. I didn't just invite it and I didn't advertise as the Lord brought it. I would ask them, when did this begin happening to you? And do you know, 100% of the time, every person spoke about an incident that happened in their life. When this happened, then this is what happened to me, who I am right now, why I do these things. So there was a point of entry and, but there's this will of yours. See, the enemy has lost a lot of ground in your life and he realizes he can't tempt you with all the things he did before or control you and those things you have freedom of. But know this, when your eyes are open and I pray they be opened right now, that Jesus open your eyes by spirit, by spirit's power, that you will see and know that your will is not his will to have and that you will be infuriated with it and that you will take control of it and recover yourself from the enemy and his will from doing the will of God in your life. Because when you take a hold of your will, I've had to tell people that in deliverances where the enemy would flash up and they would all of a sudden, a spirit would be speaking through them. I would always be calmly to them and say, so-and-so, I need you 
to just take a hold of your own will. And they would come back and they would talk. So there, so I could see just how powerfully their will was bound. But many of you may not have that kind of a powerful binding. But I'm telling you right now, in the book of Levi, the Levites, uh, the book, uh, book of Levi, the last chapter, chapter 28, it talked about the dedicated things unto the Lord. And it said, whosoever dedicated houses, lands, cattle, or whatsoever unto the Levites, which would be unto the Lord, no one ever stretched forth their hand to take it back from them. And so I say to you, whatever you stretch forth your hand and you stretch forth your hand to the Lord in prayer and you say, Lord, I offer up my will unto you and I offer it up to you and I ask you to free my will up from the will of the enemy and let your will come in full force and a flood within me. Because, you know, let me pause here because maybe some of you are like, well, Joan, we're not all perfect. I'm not saying that you need to be perfect, even though it does say be perfect as I am perfect, but you can't do it. Neither can I throw yourself into the will of God and watch what he will do. He did it for me. And am I, do I have little things in me? Yes, but I'm not willing. I am not willing to live like that for the rest of my life. And immediately I'm taking ground from him because I have power with Christ because the power of God rests upon me and the power of God rests upon you and the power is from on high and you're a child of his house. So don't allow yourself be a participant in getting yourself out of it. And you're, there'll be a test. Just know this, there'll be a test. All of a sudden, the very thing you're struggling with if you're annoyed easily, if you're impatient, you know, like the fruits of the spirit, love, joy. If you all of a sudden have trouble being unloving or un, un, or unkind, or you don't have self-control, or you're not meek, all these things, whatever those little trees are, begin to dung around those trees, fertilize it, begin to allow that tree to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Bring your will under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and do it right away because the Lord will know that you're serious and he means business himself because the will of God must be done through you. Just like he said, Jesus said to Paul that he said, Paul, he said, I, you, he, how did he say it? He said, Paul, Oh, Ananias spoke was, okay, I'm getting a little, little confused. Okay. The verse says to Paul that he would know, that he would hear his voice and see that just one and to know his will. And when you are living in the will of God, your will, like this in the will of God, living under the lordship of jesus christ then like hannah whittall smith said then you reign with god in a perpetual kingdom and the kingdom of the enemy he'll be around you but like it says in first john i believe it's first john chapter 5 it says he that is begotten of god keepeth himself and the wicked one toucheth him not so you're the keeping of yourself 
under the lordship of Jesus Christ and saying, uh-uh, I'm not living anymore with one thing in me that opposes the will of God. And offer that up to him and do it soon. All right. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.